Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There is no reason why both these bills couldn't pass independently, except that they're not the votes to do it that way. It's a simple proposition. And so I think it makes sense. I support both of them. And I think we can get them both done. I'm telling you, we're going to get this done. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter whether it's in six minutes, six days, or six weeks. We're going to get it done. So I don't know how y'all, how closely y'all followed how this went down at the end of the week last week, but um, the White House, Joe Biden, who ran against Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren as being, you know, out there crazy dreamer socialists, I'm the normal Democrat, gets elected, gets the nomination, gets elected president, and then all of a sudden apparently turns into Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren because the White House was actually whipping votes against the infrastructure bill to make sure that it went down because they, the White House, Joe Biden apparently agrees with the idea that the turn us into France bill has got to pass. I think that was the headline of Friday slash Saturday. Joe Biden aligned himself clearly and forcefully with the uh, Bernie Sanders wing of the party. Yeah, good. Abandoned the, the moderate wing. Which I did not see, in spite of all of his, you know, lefty maneuverings of late. I thought, no, when it comes to the the the, the real infrastructure bill, he's really going to make sure that goes through. No, no, he yeah. he went with uh, with Bernie. I want Bernard Sanders. I'm against all of it, and I want to talk about that in a little bit. But before we get to that, there are a couple of things that have happened. Um, did you see Kirsten? Is it Kirsten, Kirsten, or Kristen? And I have said this before. All of you women named that. I think there should be legislation passed that we get to call you whatever we want. You don't they get to be a Kirsten, a Kirsten, or a Kristen. We can just call you any of the three, and they, they're good. And you can't protest, and, and you, you can't give us the side eye either. Right. All I'm right. not Kirsten. I'm Kirsten. Well, whatever. Um, I think she pronounces it Kirsten, but go on. She got chased into a bathroom by a bunch of activists yesterday. And at least a lot of your Twitter media is, yeah, she's evil. And they chased her in the bathroom and made her answer for her sins. Can you imagine if a bunch of right-wingers chased AOC into the bathroom and hounded her while she's in the stall? About her politics. Oh, my God. There would be tears. There would be editorials. There would be protests. The rest of the rest of it. Anyway, she's uh, one of only two senators that are stopping, you know, all this from happening. Her and Joe Manchin. But did Ayo- you see the statement she issued on the on the topic? I thought it was a model of statesmanship and reasonable governance. I thought it was terrific. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll hit you with just a, a brief bit of it. The failure of the U.S. House to hold a vote on the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act is inexcusable and deeply disappointing for communities across our country, denying Americans millions of good-paying jobs, safer roads, cleaner water, more reliable electricity, better broadband, only hurts everyday families. And then she talks about why she voted the way she voted. My vote belongs to Arizona, and I do not trade my vote for political favors. I vote based on only what is best for my state and the country. I have never and would never agree to any bargain that would hold one piece of legislation hostage to another. That's a 100% reasonable. Absolutely. Way and, to go, Kirsten. And Here, not a... Kirsten. 
and not a chase you into the restroom and scream at you through the door while you're in the stall. And you got to be at least a little scared for your physical safety. Everybody always leaves that out. Like, it's just it's just okay that a bunch of people screaming at you chased you into the restaurant or into the bathroom or whatever. You're not worried that anybody's going to throw a punch or anything like that. I would be. And you're crazy. Somebody's going to get hurt. At some point, somebody's going to get hurt. And then uh, I hope this all comes to an end. Right. Uh, the people who would do that and the people who would approve of it, even kind of tacitly, quietly, just don't say anything about it. I got something simple for you because you're a dumb, dumb beast. Here you go. Hey, hey, over here. Over here. That which you tolerate from your side, you will get from the other side. It's just the way human beings behave. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying it's good. But like we said for over and over and over again during the summer of rioting, looting, and burning, if you tolerate political violence on the left, you will get it across the spectrum. So I don't know if I want to jump into the um, uh, the back and forth over the legislation or just uh, the, the big picture of it, because um, I, 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 I was listening to a podcast over the weekend, and I had like a somebody threw cold water in my face moment, um, listening to a, a, a couple of people run through the numbers. But first of all, uh, Nancy Pelosi has now delayed the vote. It was supposed to be a week ago today. Then it got moved to Thursday. Now it's been moved to the Halloween, the 31st, or is it the 30th? Anyway, blah, end of the month. Be very afraid for the country. End of October, which I find interesting because she said to George Stephanopoulos last Sunday, she said, you can't pick a date in the future for voting on legislation. That's not the way it works. And I thought, okay, here's something interesting from the, uh, you know, the master of the house. If Lyndon Johnson was the master of the Senate, Nancy Pelosi might be the master of the House. She said, I knew the um, uh, the AOC bill was going to go down as soon as the Republicans announced, this was years ago, as soon as the Republicans announced the date that they were going to have it on an anniversary months out. I said, She said, you can't do legislation that way. You have to vote when you've got the votes. And so that was her saying that. I thought, okay, that's interesting. And then she announces over the weekend, we're going to vote. At the end of this month. So well, I me, don't think it's a coincidence as she is a witch and there's a zombie president. Well, Halloween think, is the perfect day. I think it means she doesn't think it's going to happen. But anyway, um, oh, and AOC was on a show yesterday and I couldn't disagree with her view of politics more. But she was absolutely right about this. She said, we got to get away from talking about these top line numbers. I know. I saw that. It's amazing. I agree with her 100%. She said, we need to talk about the individual policies that are in these bills. That's what's important. And she's right. I'm against them. She's for them. But that is what we should be talking about, the top line number. And she also said, said, she said, I've seen bills that they call 1.5 trillion that are actually three, that are three, but they call 1.5. It goes both ways. There's so much funny math in Washington, D.C. The number doesn't even make really any difference. Wow. So she's she's absolutely right about that. Sandy, the bartender, speaking truth. Appreciated. I'm listening to this podcast with a bunch of people from National Review. I don't know if you've ever listened to the editor's podcast. I really like it. And particularly uh, Charlie Cook, who might be my favorite pundit. But he he brought out some uh, statistics and got into this. And I, and he's absolutely right. And we've gotten, and the Democrats have gotten, got, done a really good job of getting us so far down this road that we're all just kind of accepting you know, four trillion is a given. It's just whether or not it's going to be four trillion or six and a half trillion. But it's just it's all a given. And it's how the hell did we get here? We have already spent in the pandemic time six 
trillion dollars. Above and beyond the usual enormous federal budget. And the normal, usual federal budget is, oh, I was going to look up the numbers, but it's something like we spend a dollar eighty for every dollar we take in. That was our situation before the pandemic hit, which is the most expensive thing to ever happen to the United States. It's now more expensive than World War II and more deadly. A giant crisis came out of nowhere and hit the United States. 700,000 people have died, and we've spent $6 trillion. And we are upside down on our credit card to start with. Right. The idea that we're going to spend any more money is insane. It's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the fact that nobody's looking at it that way just shows you how far tra- off track we are. It's, it, I've done this in my own life. I don't know if anybody else has where you start looking to buy... A car, a motorcycle, a big screen TV, a different house or whatever. And, and you get a, so, a certain ways down the line. And the price keeps getting bigger. And maybe this one, maybe that one, maybe that one. And research this one, maybe that. And then pretty soon you're slapped back. Wait a second. My job's a little shaky right now. And I'm already like kind of maxed out here. What am I even talking about? Well, yeah, if you have that moment of wisdom, good for you. As a country, we're behaving like a trust fund kid on our daddy's yacht with a nose full of cocaine. There is no realism. The point from these people was, and they're absolutely right, we're acting like, everybody's acting like, oh, we're we're flush. We've got our bills paid. Uh, You know, we're, we're running in the black. Everything's good. Now is the time to, to, to tackle things that we haven't tackled in a long time. The, the the opposite couldn't be more true. This is the absolute wrong time. Even stuff we have to do, we can't afford. We just can't afford it. We're we're beyond maxed out. We're upside down. All our entitlement programs are going broke. We spent six trillion dollars. Inflation is rising. Now is not the time actually to fix our roads and bridges. It's the wrong time. And then for stuff like pre K and free college and all these new things, are right. you insane? Right. Right. Well, and you, you kind of touched on the great evil multiplier of all this. Another assumption we're making is, and there's no chance interest rates will go up, so this enormous debt that we're accruing will be even more painful. No, it's 100% certain interest rates are going to go up significantly in the next oh, yeah. several and, years. And the other point of this was, what do we do now? We are, we are the ultimate don't save for a rainy day culture right now. We just had a rainy day. We maxed out all of our credit cards. Our credit cards were maxed out when we started. Then we opened up like eight new credit cards and maxed them out. And now we're talking about spending another. People are talking about getting that second bill down to two trillion and it'll pass. So that'll be three and a half trillion on top of the six trillion we've already spent, putting it at nine and a half trillion dollars we added. Minimum. Bare minimum. That we added during the pandemic. When we were broke to start with. And now, what if, what if, what if there's a gamma variant, as has been pointed out, that, uh, that sends the economy? What if China and Taiwan get ugly? What if, uh, you know, another 2008 financial crisis happens? We can't lower interest rates. They're at zero. We are absolutely setting ourselves up for disaster if any, anything bad happens in the next few years. This is no way to run your life. This is running on the very financial edge when your job is shaky and you don't know what's going on. Now, now all of a sudden you get a medical bill and you actually are homeless because you didn't have any forethought for a disaster. Are we getting the government we deserve? Partly. 
Plus, the powerful have figured out how to further consolidate power, like we were discussing. There's no debates. There's no amending bills. It's uh, it's quite an experiment we're running as a country. It's a depressing conversation, because to me, if you if you look at it, there's no justification for either one of those bills. Right. It'd oh, be, and it'd you be know nice to, to do that stuff. Our, our roof's leaky. we got to fix the roof. We don't have any money. We've maxed out our credit cards. <laughs> We're done. Until we can get our ship straight, we're just going to have to put buckets under the roof. That That's where we are as a country. Well, and keep in mind, those numbers are actually underestimates of how much money is going to be spent, because one of the tricks they use is they announce a big program, say universal pre-K, and they say, eh, for for three years. We'll, we'll pay for that for, for three years. Knowing that a benefit once given can never be taken away without enormous political costs. So that budget uh, for the pre-K or whatever will be renewed in year four. Absolutely will, will well, be. It'll I, be an additional expenditure. I'm full on the team that believes neither one of these bills should pass. It's crazy that we're even thinking about it. What In reality, what's going to happen is I think at least three and a half trillion is going to pass at the minimum. And a bunch of uh, and a bunch of people on the right are going to like cheer. Yeah, we got it all way down to three and a half trillion total. No, oh, my God. This is just a disaster. It's a disaster. So coming up this hour, uh, truth on COVID. I think you'll find it pretty interesting. Not the same old crap you hear everywhere else. And also, oh, great example of what happens when governments throw money at bums and junkies and claim they're working to end homelessness. Super example of that. You're going to want to grab your pitchfork and your axe handle, throw on a bandana and go out into the streets. (laughs) Is that what we're trying to do? Sure. So find them during the commercials, dust them off. They're in the corner of your garage. There's a lot of spider webs. Just deal with it and be ready. Okay, that's next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Scary run-in with a roving street person over the weekend. Of course, that's just a common part of life in a lot of West Coast cities. In a lot of third-world countries, you mean. Michael, I should ask uh, before, do we have the, our new Greta Thunberg clips or blah, blah, blah? That's pretty, we could use that right here. I'm taking a look at the uh, new vid cases down 28%, new deaths down 7%, and trending even further downward. Downward, And that's because, of course, of the mask mandates, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Blue state, uh, blah, 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 governors bravely, blah, 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 blah. Nobody has any freaking idea. It comes and goes. Yeah, it does. A couple of quick notes for you. Uh, piece in the major piece in the Washington Post, really interesting. Messy, incomplete U.S. data hobbles pandemic response. Yeah, you think <laughs> we noticed? Nobody has any idea what they're talking about. New York City, their school employees union said we're asking the courts to strike down the mandate. In California, you can't bring the kids back until there's a mandate. New York, they're trying to get rid of all the mandates. Whatever. Go figure. And then this piece that I really like from the Wall Street Journal, uh, Dr. Monica Gandhi, talking about COVID will soon be endemic, meaning it's just going to be around. And she writes, Australia, China, and New Zealand have pursued zero COVID policies that aim at elimination or even eradication. That goal is unrealistic. Smallpox is the only human disease that's ever been eradicated. The smallpox virus has has had four properties that made it eradicable. The lack of an animal animal reservoir, clear and distinctive signs and symptoms, Mm. a short period of infectiousness, and both lifelong natural immunity after survival and a highly effective vaccine 
They point out that uh, the Chinese bat fever, on the other hand, has animal reservoirs, a high level of transmissibility, overlapping symptoms with other respiratory diseases, a prolonged period of infectiousness caused by its propensity to spread from asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic carriers. So, she says, that's why reducing the disease from epidemic to endemic is the best case, one that will allow full return to normal. Um, then she gives some more examples and gets into people who are not getting their, their babies vaccinated for incredibly important things. But anyway, officials tried a wide variety of measures to control the Chinese bat fever. Masks, social distancing, lockdowns, travel restrictions, ventilation, testing, contract tracing. These had varying levels of success, but ultimately proved insufficient to control the virus in a sustained way. That will require widespread immunity. Um, you know, there's more to it, and it's, it's well written and all. But our point is, look, do the things we know. Get vaccinated, or if you don't, you got to be extra careful, or you're going to get it. You're going to take your chances on dying. But the idea that we can just, let's clamp down the economy. Let's eliminate all these jobs just for another six months, and we can eradicate this thing. It will never, ever happen. Watching some of the Giants and Dodgers games over the weekend, you had two stadiums packed full of people outdoors. I didn't see a mask anywhere. Yet there are counties where people wear masks out there. The kids at the park are wearing masks outdoors. Mm-hmm. What do you think? All those people at the ball game were crazy or what? I mean, there were kids and adults everywhere with no masks on. How great was it to see a full baseball stadium? People cheering like crazy. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Well, there'd be stacks and stacks of dead bodies from all those unmasked people. Yeah, I don't think so. Don't think so. If you miss an hour, get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I do worry about the consequences of the moment we're in, the fact that now vaccination is something that's dividing us culturally and politically, because I think that's going to have broader implications than just around COVID. I worry that going forward, we're going to see vaccination rates decline as this becomes more of a political football. And we see people, literally governors, running against vaccine and vaccine mandates in the next presidential cycle. That's going to be deleterious to the public health generally if that's what comes out of this episode we're in. Yeah, Dr. Gott Scott Lieb. Scott Gottlieb on Face the Nation yesterday, and he's he's one of my favorite go-to people. He usually tries to stay out of the politics of it, but he made a really good point. These mandates, you know, it, 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 they're counterproductive Uh in that it's it's turning all of this into a political issue. Going into the pandemic, I don't think any of us thought vaccines and masks and all that sort of stuff would be political issues, but they've managed to turn it into a political issue, and now people are getting more and more dug in, and going forward, so much of our health stuff is going to be political, and it's going to be counterproductive, as he pointed out. You right. think you're going to get more people vaccinated by making it mandatory, but you're not. You're going to make it worse by driving people into camps. And now politicians are going to run on, I'll stop the mandates. And, you know, it just it even becomes more solidified as part of who you are. Right. It's it's one of the more interesting aspects of the time I've spent on Earth, watching the American left go from the party of uh, freedom almost to the point of anything goes to the party of we want to control everything. To bring you a utopia. And I don't care whether you're raising a child or running a state or gripping a golf club. 
Do you think the tighter you grip it, the better you're going to be? Usually not. And And I think that's what we're seeing. And pre-pandemic, not getting vaccinated or not getting your kids vaccinated was a lefty thing. But, you know, Trump changed it all around. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, just uh, to finish up the discussion of the Monica Gandhi piece, Dr. Monica Gandhi, uh, who's with the uh, she's a professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. She's writing about how, listen, eliminating covid is impossible. It's never going to happen for a variety of reasons. All you can do is learn to live with it. Um, And then she talks about different countries and what they're doing right now. Uh, We will need to accept that. The non-eradicable disease is endemic. A low burden of disease should facilitate the transition. And although SARS-CoV-2 has proved unpredictable, no, and here's, here's your key point. No virus in history has ever to continued to evolve to higher pathogenicity. Meaning, no virus in history has ever evolved to get more and more deadly. As we learn from HIV, mutations usually incur costs to viral fitness or render the virus weaker. Because killing the host quickly doesn't do the virus any good, in other words. No vaccine-preventable or immunity-inducing infection has ever raged on as a pandemic indefinitely. An endemic virus doesn't require continuing isolation and other restrictions. Defanging Chinese bat fever by stripping it of its ability to cause severe disease through immunity will relegate it to the fate of the other four circulating cold-causing coronaviruses. The key to this normalcy is immunity whether vaccines or natural immunity. <clears throat> so I, uh, time for the emergency powers to go away. I'm unfortunately wearing quitter underwear today. The elastic is shot. and they're Oh, kind of, I'm so sorry. They're kind of sliding down around my hips. I find it very oh. uncomfortable. Oh, it's a terrible feeling. I don't feel like a man can work this way. Quitter socks or quitter drawers, which is worse? They're both not good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a new favorite sort of uh, unders, and and I want to talk about it, but I really I, I want to reach out to the company and see if we can get into a business relationship. Best, best undergarments I've ever worn. Are you willing to mention the brand or not? No. Okay. Wait, not unless you... they're paying for it. Oh, wow. Interesting. Some sort of thong? <laughs> yeah, Michael. That's what I'm rocking, the thong. Well, because I wear really tight yoga pants, as you can see. And, uh, yeah, I hate the panty lines. You don't want VPL? No. No, indeed. Humiliating. (laughs) Humiliating. (laughs) So, CEO of one of the largest nonprofit shelters in America. Making millions off the money being thrown at bums and junkies. No way. You're telling me (laughs) there's somebody profiting from the homeless industrial complex? That can't be. Yeah, a great example of it and how it works coming up after a quick word. A quick one from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. They are excited. We are excited about their new wireless outdoor security camera. This thing, ooh, man, any rando, any scumbag comes into your yard, under your porch, whatever, you're going to see their face, night or day, super high resolution. You're going to see the license plate number on their car. You're going to get a busted. Justice will be served. You'll be like Charles Bronson of old. Man, this is good stuff. I don't know about where you live, but where around where I live, there are more randos than there have ever been. So having this ultra-wide 140-degree field-of-view camera in the backyard or the front of the street is just awesome. 1080 uh, HD resolution, 8 times zoom. I really like the whole rechargeable battery, easy to remove, so it doesn't need to be near an outlet or run a wire to it. You can set it up anywhere on your property, wherever you need to get the best look. 
Yep, and like everything with Simply Safe, it is simple and safe. SimplySafe.com/Armstrong to learn more about the camera. Simply Safe is celebrating the new camera by knocking twenty percent off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's SimplySafe.com/Armstrong. Simply Safe does not endorse uh, Vengeance movies starring Charles Bronson. I had a uh, scary run-in with a street person over the weekend. Oh my uh, gosh, another one! I'll tell you about it in a second. Well, you can tell us about it now if you want. I've uh, I've come to just accept that I guess this is just going to be part of life if you're going to live in a West Coast city. Um, and just part of the deal. So I'm I'm pulling up to an establishment. Uh, there are street people around, but that's not something I would even throw into the conversation if I was talking to somebody from the area I live in, because there are street people around freaking everywhere. There just are. Just like there have always been. Oh, no, no, that's right. There used to be not many no, at all. No, no, never. I would never run into people like this 20 years ago, same town, or 15 years ago, or even 10 years ago. But anyway, and uh, I don't know, if I can't speak to the person's homelessness or whatever, but, you know, uh, just hanging around with a backpack, drunk, drug addict sort of thing. Anyway, I pull up to a business, and as is often the case, uh, either or both my kids don't want to get out of the car. To go into the store or into the place because there are uh, randos around and we've had a bad experience in the past. So because the car, I'm parked right in front. I mean, I'm just feet away. I figure it's better for them to stay in the car than not because I'm going to be able to see the car right from the door. I'm going to be right there. So I'm going to stay in the car. So I start to walk uh, toward the building. My son's in the car. And uh street person says, uh, hey, I'm looking for somewhere. I say, oh, okay, yeah, it's over there, I think, or whatever. And he said, hey. And he walks over by my car. He's heading toward another business. He said, where's something? I point. He starts walking. He said, who's that in there? I said, what? Who's that in that car? I said, why are you asking? Who's that in your car? Oh my, my son's sitting in there. Crazy person. I said, why are you asking? He said, what the? And then I, I wish I could repeat it, but I can't say all the words. What the F? Blah, blah, blah. Why? I can't ask. I just start screaming and yelling and waving his arms around. Standing right next to the passenger door of my car car with my nine-year-old inside oh my god who's looking at me wide-eyed and i got the same damn situation as i had at the restaurant where okay what do i do now what am i fighting this guy or hoping he leaves or is he about to start to try to open the door or he just starts screaming and yelling nonsense dropping Ugh. f-bombs waving his arms obviously very angry about who in the hell knows what why did he ask who's in my car um and and eventually he walked off Thank God. I didn't call the police. You know why? Because they wouldn't have done anything. They can't do anything. They'd have told you the real tragedy is yeah. that a man like that doesn't have a free home furnished by the taxpayers. Those people are everywhere. And these businesses that are trying to survive are trying to survive with customers who are like, I don't want to go to that place because i got to walk by these people. Right, right. You see there's uh, dangerous-looking junkies out back you, or just out front, and you just keep driving. So what I think I've noticed, and this would fit in with the whole vibe of people stealing stuff and all that sort of thing, is the, the, the street crowd, the other side of the law crowd, has become emboldened. It seems to me that in the old days, if I made it clear, if I kind of like you know stood up straight, you'd allow, used a loud voice or whatever, they would slink off. They don't anymore. They get in your face. Right. Because they've become emboldened. They they know no police are going to show up. They know nobody's going to call the cops. Mm-hmm. They know no uh, sanctions exist for exactly. them stealing or committing an assault or what have you. 
or doing drugs it's publicly, freaking, taking a dump on the sidewalk. It's freaking scary, and there's enough bad things that have happened to people. Unfortunately, you get, you, man, you got to have your head on a swivel if you're going to be anywhere in a West Coast city. Enjoy your vacation plans if you're coming to the West Coast to visit Portland or San Francisco or any San Diego, any of the places you want to. Right. Well, and I would expand that to, the, you know, blue cities like Austin, Texas, Missoula, Montana, Boise, Idaho. It's incredible. You're, you're in, uh, you know, Eagle City, Idaho. You're great. You go 20 miles down the road or so, whatever it is, to Boise, you are beset by bums and junkies. Why would a society put up with this crap? Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, it's so unwise. And it is so, such a disservice to the people who have drug habits and alcoholism. Because you're making, you're enabling. We are a society of enablers. Okay, so you're a junkie. We're going to make it effortless and comfortable to be a junkie. We're going to make the other taxpayers, well, the taxpayers, pay for your habits and your accommodations, your food, your medicine. And indeed, if you misbehave in any way, if you make yourself a public menace, if you are a thief and a robber, we will help you get away with it. That you enact policies like that, you get the results we see, and, and people are confused how it happened. I don't, what color is the sky in your world? How can it be any more clear what's happening? I don't know. Uh, it's just in a certain mood about it, or if it's just my new uh, view of the world. I, my feeling was this is just going to continue to happen until enough people get hurt or murdered. And then, uh, then public will will grow, and then will something will be done about it. It's the way the pendulum works on these things. Until oh, enough people get stabbed or attacked or whatever, poor woman that got killed in the local area recently. Until enough of those happen, there won't be any public will to do anything about this. Unless the society just continues to decay, which I certainly hope is not the case. Um, it's not decaying in a lot of places in America where they won't have this crap. Right. But anyway, speaking of uh, this crap and pouring billions and billions of dollars into it, oh, just a peach of a story about uh, some guys who are running one of these nonprofits in the homeless industrial complex that is getting billions of your money. It's just, it's a winner. <laughs> You're going to love it, even as you hate it. Coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Twitter completely congratulating themselves on freeing Britney. She's a pop star who couldn't use her credit card. She's not Nelson Mandela, okay? <laughs> we did it. We freed Britney. I'm glad she's freed. I, and I don't even disagree. She should be free. And, and Britney was so excited when she heard the news, uh, she uh, shaved her head and attacked a car with an umbrella. Is that a bad sign? <laughs> Oh, wow. She, That's, I don't approve. She didn't do that, but she did post a whole bunch of her pictures of herself completely naked. Now, um, she had little flower petals over her naughty bits. Come on. They're ta- it's art. Tasteful uh, semi-nudes. We have breaking news. It is too important to uh, discuss that. So they did this last week in a lesser way, and today the Chinese Air Force sent 50, 52 aircraft, including three dozen fighter jets and a dozen bombers into Taiwan's air defense zone, the largest incursion ever. Hmm. 52 aircraft, including three dozen fighter jets and a dozen bombers. I mean, wow. Why would you do that? They're not North Korea, where they're just, you know, trying to get some aid or some attention or whatever. China has a strategy. 
they're either testing their their air defense system to see how you know how long it took to get picked up or 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 or, or who knows what but they've got a strategy they're not just yeah. messing around let's uh let's see if major mike lyons has a little time for us tomorrow perhaps like i'd it. love to discuss what what is china probing for what are they hoping to accomplish uh good stuff wow that's interesting and troubling so uh, i've mentioned this before uh, when I was a little kid growing up in Chicagoland, my parents uh, subscribed to the Chicago Tribune, which was d- definitely the more conservative newspaper in the area. And I read it all the time as a little kid. I was a weird little kid. Um, explains a lot. Uh, but one of the things I became acutely aware of in Chicagoland, which was always a, a way democratic city, was that you would funnel enormous amounts of money to so-called charity programs as the government. And those charity programs existed as bribes to various civic so-called leaders, so-called civil rights leaders, whatever. You'd give them just a mess load of cash, claiming to accomplish some wonderful purpose. They would spread it out to their cronies and in the neighborhood, and then those people would always show up and vote Democratic. And, you know, that's the way the scam works. Well, this is kind of similar. This is out of New York City. The CEO of the Core Services Group, which is one of the city's largest nonprofit shelters. Wait till you hear about this guy. Had all sorts of family on the payroll, funneled millions of dollars into companies he had financial stakes in. The The New York Post examined 2,000 pages of tax returns, contracting disclosures, and legal documents involving Core Services Group, and found a web of companies with ties to the nonprofit's <laughs> CEO, Jack Brown. The experts told the Post that the setup appears to serve little purpose other than placing Brown at the center of lucrative transactions. This is your homeless industrial complex. And now you've got L.A. and San Francisco, for instance, who have committed a billion dollars each more to homeless uh, money. Oh, yeah. And Gavin Mussolini, the lunkhead governor of California, pledging $12 billion, is uh, I guess, uh, next year uh, to eliminate homelessness. We're following the science. So this guy, among other things, created a string of for-profit companies that have received millions of dollars to provide key services at course shelters. Oh, so you need cleaning, you need food, you need equipment, you need painting, you need all sorts of things. Boy, who are you going to hire to do that? How about the companies you created? For-profit. A firm in which Brown, Brown holds a substantial stake received more than $3 million in rent over two years from his nonprofit, according to tax filings. At least three family members of Brown are members of the Corps' various boards. Oh, they have several different boards of directors. They're employed by the nonprofit or related entities, according to records, and they that's, each draw a salary. That's pretty clever. Why just have one board of directors that's getting uh, fake salaries? Have a whole bunch of boards of directors. I'm on the board of directors for the blah, 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 homeless, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're such a good person. Sure. Brown made at least half a million dollars from CORE and its affiliated nonprofits in 2019 alone. Uh, Brown got another more than half million dollars from his related for-profit subsidiaries. The New York Times said in a report published Sunday, his brother Curtis made 140 grand the same year. The brother of a member of the nonprofit's board of directors, one Gordon Jackson, made at least $190,000 as Cord's head of community affairs. Additionally, the head record... of community affairs. Exactly. Well, <laughs> somebody's got to manage, you know, the affairs with how, the community. How are community affairs going? Right on, right on track. Swimmingly. Okay. Good, good to hear. 
Records also reveal that another tightly linked nonprofit controlled by Brown employs Mallory Jones, whose husband sits on the subsidiary organization's board and made $174,000 that year. You know, I feel like there's two kinds of people. There's the people that are smart enough to realize this is the way the world works and profit off of it, and then the rest of us dopes who pay for it. Those are the two crowds of people. Yeah. Yeah, and it's existed for a very long time, but but it's growing. You got to admit, it's growing, right? You know, as I've recommended many times, read uh, the Dictator's Handbook by Bruce. Oh, he's got a musical name, something something De La Mesquita. Um, but it's all about every government, every government from Kim Jong Il's to Joe Biden's, collects money from the people or sacks the treasury, then hands it out to the people that keep them in power in some systems in some systems it's just the general and the the generals and the secret police and then the upper reaches of the military in some systems it's the cronies who get the people to vote in the 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 boroughs of new york or the uh the aldermen of chicago whatever you call them uh, in chicago it's just it's a scam that's why all these all these, well, we just need to raise, to raise taxes. We need to have a, a bond issue to help the homeless, to, to help the poor, the downtrodden, the drug addicted. We just need to raise the taxes to do that. It's a scam, folks. It's a scam. The government has way more than they need to accomplish these problems. Please, come on, wake up. We can take a look at the Supreme Court's docket for the year. Their season kicks off today. Also, if you want to be one of the cool kids, you got to be watching Squid Game because that's the cool kids show right now. Oh, and the new TikTok challenge. Makes the whole destroying your school one look innocent. Really? Okay. Oh. I got an email from the school about this, so I don't, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll stay tuned. If you miss an hour, go to armstrongandgetty.com and grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty.